1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to over the ninety minutes on the Battle Fever podcast. Um, I'm Callum. I'm joined today by Paul, who's Paul at Seas on Twitter. Oh. Um you'll notice today that we're missing Scott. It's the first time ever. We're we're bitterly dis- disappointed, but we'll we'll crack on. <laughs> we'll crack on anyway. <laughs> uh, we're here today to discuss Aberdeen nil, Rangers one. First, first game of the season, Paul. Um, we previously we could have lost that, I think, and I'm glad that we've come away. We've come away with a win. What, what do you What do you think about today's match?
2: Well, I thought it was actually uh,
1: started really well.
2: Um, and if you don't mind, I'll kick off with just, just saying uh, what the lineup was. So we started off with McGregor and goals uh, back for Tav Goldson. Balligan making his debut, and uh, Barasich. Uh, in the midfield, we had uh, Jack Kamara and um and then Haji, Kent, and Madellas up front. I think we played a sort of four-three-two-one system, mm-hmm. or four-three-three if you want. But a bit with sort of, kind of uh, both uh, Haji and uh, Kent uh, sort of slipping sort of slightly back into our midfield and pressing forward again, supporting Mireles. Um So that was the that that was the lineup for the match. Um, I thought we played them off the park in the first half, especially the first twenty minutes. Um, if possession was goals, we'd have been ten up. Mm-hmm. I think uh, beyond that, um, you've got you've got to turn possession into chances. We did make some chances. Uh, we took one, which was a fantastic goal. I thought um, mm. really well, really well taken by right, by Kent. But I might as well get onto that. But uh, yeah, I thought uh, for the first for the season opener, first half excellent. Second half.
1: Nah, yeah, it was not too great. I think everybody expected um, us to take a good twenty, thirty minutes to just get into it. We're, it was going to be always like a feeling out process. We'd we'd obviously played games before, but we hadn't played a a league game in quite some time. And of course, opposition like Aberdeen, who play the game that they play, so it was no surprise to see twenty minutes or so just a feeling out process. Um, the first little while, I've got my notes here, so <laughs> so I can remember. The first remember. little while. The, the first thing I noticed was. Baligan intercepted the ball within the first ten minutes, and I don't even think he broke a sweat. You he's we'll go on to him much more later on, but he is um there's a few people who weren't too sure about the signing um because he'd he played such little football. But and for for a first impression, I think he maybe proved some people wrong. Um early on, first 20 minutes, I think we must have had about 85% of the ball. We're mm-hmm. so dominant. Um and The lack of chances we can put down to, you know, just it being the first game, but we didn't have a lack of opportunity to make chances because we were peppering their half with the the ball. So I was quite happy to see such pressure being applied, even though, you know, you could excuse maybe 15, 20 minutes off. So what did you think of the the first sort of 10 minutes? We looked looked really good. I should say it could have been 10, do you know?
2: Yeah, well, as I said, it's that's a possession his goals we'd have been turning up, um, but you've got you've got to turn that possession into clear-cut chances, and I didn't think we'd done that. We sort of, it's, I think it's been a failing over the last couple of seasons. You know, all this possession, all this beautiful intricate play, the finished article there yeah, is just not quite. It's not quite right. There's just there's no like the final third always just seems to break down slightly. Um, it's, I don't know why that is. I don't know. If just because when we get that area, it's packed out, and the opposition make it very difficult. And I think that I think that probably is it, to be honest with you. They, they, they sort of pack it in, and you, you can't it's very difficult to get through the final third. Um, but yeah, I thought the first time it was really well. You, you touched on Balogun. I thought he was, I thought he had an outstanding match for for a debut. Um, he's a big, tall boy, very physical presence. And the thing that surprised me the most was his speed, he's lightning quick. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not just talking about over a distance here but the first the first three to six yards he is lightning quick he can just he can he's off the blocks um and defenders um aren't really like that or sort of old school defenders I know of aren't really like that a lot of modern day ones can be like that but it makes extremely difficult for strikers if your defenders are that physically imposing and that quick and I think. He's surprised a lot of people, and I think he's going to be a bit of an astute signing. I think for Ross Wilson,
1: I think so too. I, we came into this game, and I think every or most Rangers fans had the same idea of the lineup that they'd want to see, um, and for the most part, we were all correct in the lineup that we predicted. Probably the only um, big difference was no Edmondson, and Balogun gets that debut. Just to go back on him, he. Um, we probably didn't expect that to be honest. We all thought, you know, Edmonton's been given a good run in pre season, he'd, he'd come on. He certainly saw a lot of football towards the end of last season, but that was the big difference from Gerrard today. I think I predicted the lineup and that was the only one that I got wrong. <clears throat> yeah. But you can see why Gerrard's made that decision because he's just obviously he's come in here. He must have been brilliant in training to get yeah. a first start. And I think every Rangers fan. Had the same thought at the same time when he made that charging run down the middle and that was what was Borgera again. Exactly, <laughs> big, big, big boogies back. Yeah, I think you're right, but, but uh, Gerard
2: seen something in training and knowing the way that Aberdeen play, they are a very physical team. Um, even though Sam Cosgrove was out injured and uh, Gerard knew that a couple of days ago that he was going to play, he still thought, well, look at some big boys in there, you know, Constantine, uh, McKenna. Uh, so when it comes to set pieces, he wants somebody who's physically imposing. I mean, um, Hellander is well short of match practice. He only got a, a slight run out at the end of the uh, the last uh, commentary match, and big uh, George Edmondson's done really well. He's a big tall lad as well, but maybe maybe just went with Balligan because of um, his his uh, experience. So that's why he's went for him over over, over George Edmondson on this occasion. And I, I think it's it was very
1: astute and, it's, and it paid dividends. Definitely. Does we have to come on to Aberdeen's lineup, I suppose they kinda lined up the way that we thought they would really. The notable exception obviously was uh Sam Cosgrove, who's told to be out for about four months mm. and then of course their second striker who's much and such the same as Sam Cosgrove, Curtis Main, he was also out. So they had to go with um the young Bruce Anderson who it's it's a big game for him play but one thing I did think was fair is Derek McInnes before the game if you were watching the build-up he said I would like to think that Anderson would have been in and around the starting lineup anyway because he's done himself obviously a justice in pre-season um, but that that to me instantly thought made me think that they would have to play a different kind of game today we all know the type of football that Aberdeen play this sort of hoof mm-hmm. up to folk like Sam Cosgrove whereas Bruce Anderson, the last time I checked, I think he was five foot seven. So it's not quite the same type of football that they expected to play. And I think that was that was shown when we scored our first goal. The first real chance came about, the, I think it was about a 20-minute mark that we scored. And if you were going to ask me today how, I score, how we would score, I didn't think that we'd play a ball like that through the back of Aberdeen and Ryan Kent would get that, that much space. I think... As much as it was brilliant play, Manelis was involved in the build-up play, as was Um, You have to say it's terrible defending for the goal.
2: They, they tried to play the high uh, the high lane. I mean, if you've, if you've ever watched Aberdeen play, they always play a sort of high press mm-hmm. and they always play a high lane defence try to catch uh, people out. They just, they got it spectacularly wrong today, mm-hmm. thankfully. Uh, and they say, Kent, he, he's, has his blistering pace, you don't really want him to get in behind you. And thankfully for us, he did, and he took his goal really well. What I, what I quite liked about the goal was the fact that he took one touch and he shifted it onto his right-hand side, and it almost went, I thought, he's going to go around Joe Lewis here. He's going to, he's going to take the yeah. ball around him, empty net, and he sold him, and he just hit it with his left instep, bent it around him, uh, on, sort, of, sort of around underneath him. So one touch and his right foot scored with his left instep, and I thought it was a fantastic. It was a, w- it was a w- really well-worked goal, and it was beautifully executed.
1: The thing about those goals for me is you might be totally different. I almost hate those chances because in the past, we've seen our strikers completely leave the defence for dead and somehow miss those. And I was a bit nervous because it seems like between beating the defenders and getting to the keeper, it seems like it's an hour. Do you know what I mean? You see him running Hmm. and you think, oh, please, please finish it. And he did, and it was a brilliant finish. It was in the bottom corner. You couldn't have asked for a better finish, to be honest.
2: Well, the thing is, you're probably used to, you're, you're a lot younger than me, you're used to seeing people like Kenny Miller in those situations. Um, and the thing with Kenny Miller is, fantastic striker as he is, if you give him time to think about it, he's going to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you want somebody who's kind of instinctive, and take a snapshot or something like that, or be in the right place at the right time and, and score the goals. And Kenny Miller's great for that. He wasn't in that sort of situation really one one-on-one with the keeper. I think we've got a different animal now than the people like uh Morelos, You saw that against... Uh, uh, young boys last year, um, and you, you saw that with Kent today. Slightly different mindset, and these guys are confident and will take and will take the shot on uh, and full score. Um, so I, I no real fears. As soon as he through, I thought, here we go. This is it. One no In fact, yeah. I, I, I just saw them. Like, there we go.
1: <sighs> it's a good. It's a good um, way to score your first goal because hopefully it'll tell me now. Right, we can we can trust our players in that type of situation. That if they do get the time to think, do you know, it's a mentality thing largely. It's the same with, with those who take the dead ball, the penalty, and things like that. They just need to be able to put everything else out of their mind and and take the finish.
2: Well, it's, it's confidence. You know, you need confidence in goals. Big confidence. Uh, and Granit uh, Kent's uh, clearly got that. I mean, look at how one he scored uh, against Porto, uh, no, not against Braga uh, mm-hmm. last year, and that that, that tells you. I mean, you know, he's he's more than comfortable running in that position, hitting it with his left, hitting it with his right. You know, find the back of the net uh, eight, eight, eight or nine times out of ten.
1: The thing is about this match is that it seemed that highlights are few and far between. So if you get anything that I've missed, please pipe in. But other than that, I haven't written down anything until half time because it was just such a, yeah, a back and forward match. But there was nothing really clear cut for for either team.
2: We we did we just we just dominated the first half, um, completely controlled it, comfortable in every shape. Uh, we uh, and we, uh, but I just um, we just didn't weren't clinical enough just couldn't get that final thud. Um and as you say, getting half time, I was relatively comfortable, relatively happy. I thought, that'll do for starters. As I said, the WhatsApp group, that'll do for starters. Um unfortunately, second half took over and it
1: went a different way. It did. Um half time, there was no changes for either side. Um and we came back out it was quite a poor start to the second half, I thought. Um Aberdeen obviously Whatever they said in the dressing room, I think it worked because they seemed to they seemed to come out quite um, quite fast, and we not to give them too much credit, I think it was more us I think we were lacking a bit of inspiration in the second half um and it was a shame because we were so good in the first half, fair enough, there was no clear cut chances for us through our own doing, but we we came out almost almost a different animal, I thought. Well, yeah, I thought we came out.
2: No, I, I think that's maybe slightly, I wouldn't say disingenuous. Um, I think Aberdeen came out really fired up. They'd obviously, McInnes was giving a rock up the arse and basically told me, you know, getting about them, you know, getting their faces. That's how That's how we won last season. That's how we drew them last season. Getting their faces. Um, they're playing fancy football, they're playing through us. Don't allow those opportunities. And that's what they did. They got closer to the, our players they swamped the midfield. Um, played a, once again, played a very high line, and they pressed the defenders. Um, and and uh, they got dirty. They bullied us. Um, okay, we'll get on to it later on, but the bully boy tactics went a bit too far. But no, that that's, that's that's what you do. You get in people's faces. You stop them from playing. You make them make decisions. That's what was happening in the first half. Our players were just having free reign to do what they want. Mm came out the second half, Aberdeen players on their face, Barasic wasn't get forward, I barely went over the half, really, in the second half, very unusual compared to the first half, Taft struggled down the right as well, midfield was crowded, um, and, and they got in the defenders' spaces as well, and they put, they put pressure on us, and, and it stopped how we play, and we invited trouble onto ourselves, because it was almost like, they were getting sort of like, would we'll I put the ball now, would we'll I put the ball now? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was almost like a little level of fear began to creep in. Um, I, I, I don't know how you, how you felt. I, I was getting more and more sort of anxious, thinking, God, we need, need to calm here. We need to, take, to put your foot in the ball, take a couple of breaths, you know, and then just, to, just try and find a man, find a man. There was too much of panic about the players I thought at times. Um, I think panic's a bad word. I think it was slight indecision. Um, yeah, good to I, I, I
1: too was I was feeling like that, and I think it got worse as the match went on. Only because I thought, you know, if they score here, we've still got plenty of time to get another goal. But as that went on and on, and we weren't creating the best chances, and the chances that we were creating, we just weren't finishing them very well. I thought, okay, well, if they they go and score here, it's more and more, or less and less likely that we can score again.
2: Yeah, um, I think also um, they they made substitutions quite early in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember correctly they made the full allocation of five throughout the second half. Mm-hmm. took us to the 75th minute for us to make ours, and by that time, uh, my was getting overloaded, there was fresh legs in there, Kamara was beginning to become a bit of a bomb scare. Yeah. Um, uh, I, it was just slightly unnerving watching the second half. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how people are going to watch this podcast, but they may, they may disagree with me. They may agree with me, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is just from my perspective. Um, I've said, I've watched this movie dozens and dozens and dozens of times, and it never ends well. Thankfully, it did this time. But you know, it, on another day, as you said at the opening of the podcast, we would have we would have lost this match, mm. at least at least drawn it. Very possibly lost it with the mentality we had a couple of seasons ago. Um but they, they, they stuck in and they, and they got to do what
1: they need to do to, to get us over the finish line. You made a good point. Just to go back to our fullbacks. Quite often, at times, and this is where I I think that quite a lot of people are quite harsh on our fullbacks, especially Tavernier. And we're playing with the three that we play up front, which is Mainstay, Kent, Morelos, and Haji, All three of those players quite like coming quite centrally. Some of them drop back. Obviously, we saw Kent make a good challenge when he came back on the mm. defence for uh, Barisic, and certainly Hadji, who spent the majority of his career playing as. Like an attacking midfielder rather than out on the right, but he loves to get in central. He loves to take his own shots rather than putting a cross in the box sometimes. And this is where the onus is on our fullbacks to get up the touchline. And I think sometimes people are a bit harsh on Tavernier that his positioning isn't isn't the best, which you can say. But we rely so much on our fullbacks to get up and down the pitch to provide the crosses in. But that wasn't really the case today. I think they were really struggling, especially in the second half, obviously, mm-hmm. to get those crosses in. And you really notice it. That's my worry is that you notice that when we don't have our fullbacks firing on all cylinders or they are just being nullified, that we really lose quite a lot of attacking power. Yeah, I, that that is actually
2: very true. Um, the, the fullback position. Um, we, The game we play is very reliant on the modern-day fullback. say getting forward, bombing up forward, getting crosses in. Uh, <coughs> chipping in with goals occasionally. Um, Barisic done that certainly in the first half. Didn't the second half. The half kind of struggled a little bit the first half, but mm-hmm. not, not as not not as much as, as it was the second half. I think see if once you take them out of the play, um, it kind of stifles our attack slightly, and I think we have to work our way around that. Um, and I think um. Kent coming back and covering for Ballis, which was good. I think if Hadji's playing the right, he has to do that a bit more. And uh, I know people are gonna shoot me for saying this, but a la Candace, he, he always covered Tav very, very well when he was up front. But then he had the speed to get back and the sort of the, the technical guile. I think uh, Hadji's a completely different animal, different player. That's that's not in his, his locker to do that. And as you say, he's always gonna come central because he's used to playing a sort of false nine or a number ten role. Yeah. Um uh, so his way right isn't his natural position, and I think mm. we discussed in the, the podcast the other day that's the one we, we do need a right-right or a right, a right winger um, to some to cover that um, and a natural right-sided uh, player in, in that position. Um, but I think all in all, it was a kind of disjointed second half, but we, we, we kind of got there in the end. And I'll just try to see what else I'd written down here. I said I thought I had you Really, it was really frustrated in the second half. He, he was trying shots out of the stadium. Um, His passing sort of went to bits in the second half, and you could see he was getting pretty angry with with himself. And eventually, he was taken off and replaced with Arfield, who was the uh, subject of a, a meaty challenge.
1: I think um, this is something that I've been saying for quite a while, and I, I maybe got it wrong. We're not we're not at the end of the transfer window yet, but I had said that with Ojo and to the latter stages, Hadji last season. Um, I thought Tavernier would improve vastly with his defensive duties next season, i.e. this season, because I thought that one of the first things that we'd be doing was bringing in that natural right midfielder, that is, or right winger as it is, but it seems to me that Steven Gerrard is keen on this idea of playing Hadry in that role, playing Kent in that role, that's his, that's his mainstay, so I don't think that I've got that one right. I think he's, he's quite happy with what we've got so far, because I thought if we to get in an actual right winger who's quite happy to stay wide and get those crosses in the box. And maybe Tavernier wouldn't be that crucial going forward. And he could stay back and work on his defensive duties, but it doesn't seem to be that way. No, I, don't,
2: I don't think that's how had uh, sets his team up. And I don't think it's in his His um, it's in his mindset to do so. Uh, I think we just have to sort of move away from the, this old school right winger and mm. stuff like that, because it's, it's clear that... Uh, CVG is just not going to do that. And if that's that's he's a manager, uh, we've got trust in him to get it right. And so we just have to sort of think, OK, let's go with it. But um, I don't think Tab's defensive uh, qualities are outstanding, but they're not the worst either, uh, let's yeah. be honest. We've had much, much worse play in that position. Um, but he does offer so much going forward. I think, I think his contributions and his delivery and the goals and assists outweigh his defensive frailties, uh, in
1: my book anyway. I think um, it was Ali McCoyst that said the the start that he'd, I think it was nine in the last ten against Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That's goals, obviously, for a right-back. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, yeah. He, he loves Aberdeen. Um, the next thing I've written down, obviously, is that Aberdeen made their first sub quite early in the second half, as you said. They brought on the the striker Ryan Edmondson, who they've got on loan, I think, from Leeds. He's not he's not there, does he? I think he's no. He's he,
2: yeah. He's a young Leeds boy. He's got I think he's nineteen. They've got him until January.
1: All oh, right, right. So, short short time loan then. Mm. And then that was about the time for me that I was thinking, right, substitutions maybe could could happen soon because the next thing you've written is Hadji's maybe starting to drop off a little bit. So. I personally would have, not Rangers manager at all, made use of the five substitutes. The the first thing I think I would have done was taken Hadji off, maybe for an R field, which eventually he did. He just did it much later than we would have thought. Even Brandon Barker, who has been quite good so far, albeit in pre-season. But again, I think my biggest criticism of Gerrard last season was the, the lack of substitutes and or the time he waits to use these substitutes. I always think it's better to, better to change it before it goes wrong rather than be reactionary and change it because it's gone wrong.
2: I think I think he's very uh, reluctant to disrupt the flow of the team. Yeah, it definitely. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're getting tired. He um, it doesn't want to disrupt the flow of the team. Now, um, I, ha- I think a lot of it's down to the quality of depth they've got on the bench. Maybe he just doesn't trust the players on his bench as much as he trusts his start and 11. Mm-hmm. I did notice um, last season that when we did bring players on, the play did change and and we did lose our tempo, we lost our rhythm, we lost our cohesiveness uh, and we began to allow teams to come on to us. Um, So maybe he's got that in the back of his mind that, you know, okay, we're winning just now, it's not great, but we are still winning and we're still relatively solid. but they're getting tired, and he only changes when he feels it's absolutely necessary to do so. Maybe he doesn't trust his uh, his substitutes as as much as start uh, starting eleven. Uh, I I really don't know, but it is a bit of a concern. And I would say I don't criticise Stevie G. I don't want to criticise him. He's the boss. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's a professional footballer. You know, he's now the manager. He's world class. I just. I, you know, he he couldn't do my job. I couldn't do his. So I'm not. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna criticise him too much. I just I just say it as I see it, and I, I think that maybe uh, he's reluctant to do so for maybe trust. Um, doesn't want to disrupt the flow of the team. Uh, and uh, maybe slight inexperience. Um, but that's what McAllister's there for, just to sort of be a steady in hand when it comes to that side of things.
1: Definitely. Um. Ali McCoyst in the first half and at some points in the second half was quite critical or critical of Morelos for dropping so deep, but I completely disagree with that, to be honest. I think he was adding another point to his game as he's done previously in the preseason and <coughs> at some points last season. He was dropping deep today and then again we saw, I can't remember who it was against in preseason. season his little back heel, but... He's just showing that he can. He can. He's not more. He's not. He's much more than a goal machine. He's much more than just a, a centre forward who scores goals. He was. He um, linked up well with Hadji today. who's obviously shot wide of the post. It was about the sixty fifth minute mark, mm. and he, he's just showing that people are quite harsh on Manelas because I I totally disagree that he, sh- he should just be in the box all times. Yeah, I agree.
2: With you Ali is an old school striker. Um, he's a, the, the old field number nine. Um. Ace poacher, probably the best we've ever had. Not, I'm not just talking about Rangers, I'm talking about in Scotland. He is the goal scoher supreme, or poacher supreme, should I say. Six yards, absolutely brilliant. Morelos is a different animal. And what I will say is, watch if you watch the highlights of the match back and you watch Morelos coming deep, what he's doing is he's dragging defenders out of their natural position. And why, by doing so, it's creating space in behind them, And that's how we get the goal, because Morelos came deep. Defenders came with them, Kent slipped around the back, Morales plays it through, Kent scores. Been doing an awful lot in pre-season. Dropping deep, dragging defenders out of position, leaving holes in behind. And that's, and that's the whole point of it. Yeah, he's our number nine. Yeah, he's our main goal threat. But if he can do that, because he's such a threat, I'd say at least gallons and gallons of space for other people like Aribo, Kent. Hadji, you. you know, they can get in behind with pace and power. Barker when he comes on. And these guys can score goals as well. So whilst McCoy still say, oh, no, he's, he shouldn't be coming deep. He should be in and around the box. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, very good alley. But at the end of the day, you have to get the service in and around the box. And it's just now we're not really getting that. And everybody's sitting deep and holding a, holding a really deep line. Morales is not going to get much chance to score. So he's probably much more effective in games like this dropping deep and leaving holes in behind.
1: To be fair to Ali, I think that when he did realise exactly what Manelis was doing and the eff- effectiveness of it, he did he did say to himself, right, well, I said in the first half that he uh, he shouldn't be dropping deep, but I'll, I'll shut up because it's working. Um,
2: right. See, I, I wasn't watching Sky, I think I was, I was watching it on uh, RTV, so I, well, I, was, I had the conscious from RTV, so mm-hmm. I couldn't really uh, know what Ali was saying, but there you go.
1: So... McInnes made another two subs. I think it was Kennedy and Bryson who came on for Neil McGinn and Campbell. And again, we were sitting there waiting for subs. But then it eventually did come. Arfield came off, came on sorry, for Yanis Hadji, who, um, despite I would say he had a not so good a game, the one thing that I did like about him is that he wasn't shy mm-hmm. to get involved in the play. And this is something that, if you've watched the pods before, this is something I seem to bring up every podcast. And it was against um, no, it was against Porto or Braga, whatever game it was. He was out on the right and you could actually hear him on the camera with his hands up screaming for the ball. And that's exactly the type of player that we've, we've always been wanting. There's somebody that just wants on the ball. Yep. And I think that even if he's not playing at his best, you know, that's, that's one of his best qualities. That He's just desperate for the ball to make something happen.
2: Yeah, you you don't want somebody who's going to shy away. From it. I think that's that's part of the issue we've had with some players who've come to the mm-hmm. club. You know, they've come with a big big ticket, um, big expectations. Put the shirt on, and all of a sudden it's just it's the rabbit caught in the headlights. Big saucer eyes. Can't do this. Can't do this. He's come to the club and he's desperate to play, and he wants to take responsibility. Um, and take shorts on, take guys on, you know, all that sort of stuff, and that's as you see, that's what you're looking for. It might not always come off, but at least he's willing. And no matter what happens, I've always said, and I've been going to Ivox for a long time, a long, 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 long over, well over forty years. Um, and I've always said that it doesn't matter how outstanding a player you are, quality wise, or how or or, you, or if you get limited abilities, if you take responsibility and you give a hundred and ten percent and everything for the shirt, you'll always get my support.
1: Some people seem to be on this this false belief that in order to be a footballer, the the one thing you need to have is is um, technical ability and skills, which of course Haji has. He has the ability. But one of the most important things I would say was just the determination, the, the willingness, the. The desire to get on the ball and to make things happen it doesn't matter w- what those things are, but it's, it's that that's the mentality is something that we've lacked quite a lot over the last few years.
2: Yeah,
1: um, I could agree. Um, our field obviously came on for Haji, and it wasn't too long before he was flattened. Um, <laughs> Andy Considine, who is one of those footballers who doesn't have much technical ability. So he makes up for it by being an absolute Neanderthal. His tackle on our field wasn't the best, was it? <laughs> uh, no, it was.
2: Um, I'm going to use very diplomatic here and say it was slightly reckless. Yeah. Um, he's, he is a, an old school hammer thrower. That's what he is. You know, I should say, what what he lacks up for in technical ability, he'll make up with in sheer aggression and brawn. Uh, and unfortunately, it really didn't could end very well for me. It could have ended an awful lot worse for for yeah. Arfield if he didn't get his, get his legs out of the way. Um but yeah uh, I think Scotty was really lucky in that bit in that situation. And I uh, and I know I said in the WhatsApp and it was mentioned a few times on the on RTV as well. So I guess you know um, the if you watch them in the slow moes when he goes in and it's from behind and Arfield goes over them, as soon as he hits them, you just see Johnny Hayes doing this. Because right. he knew it was a bad it's almost like it's He's gone, fuck, that's, that's a leg breaker right? right there. I think Arfield is very, very lucky. And he's that's gaffling. the first
1: thing I thought. I stood up and I was like, oh, no, that's that's a bad one. And the yeah. thing is that there's no one that, you would always get the occasional player kind of going up and saying, oh, I don't send it. But there's no one that knew that wasn't a red card. Do you know no. what I mean? No, uh, I mean, he, they'll, they'll try to, you know, so even Aberdeen says,
2: get off the pitch, get off the pitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the, the thing that got me was the fact that he was treated with the with the ref. You say what? Well, yeah. oh I got
1: the ball. Yeah. I got the ball. That's, that's exactly what I said to me and <laughs> my girlfriend. We're still watching it, and it was like, look at him standing there, as if he's confused as to what he's done. You know that? Could yeah. It's so much worse. And even though he got the ball, as he said, the studs in the position that they were, no referee in the country is going to let you get away with that. It was, uh, although it, initially it looked two footy, but when you see it
2: from a different angle, it's it is one. It's one. It's one leg. But the other was slightly behind, like that. But it's the leg it comes in, its studs are raised and it's completely straight legged. There's 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 only if you're straight legged, there's only one way it's going to end, and I know because I I had it when I was fifteen years of age, and it, and it snapped my shin in two, like that. So I I, I know how they end, and it's, and it's it's not pretty. Um,
1: I think um, Bobby Mandin was in a good position. In anime. There was no other, obviously no other decision he could have made, but I think he had generally quite a good game in the yeah. build-up to the game on Sky Sports. They were saying, it was Darren Fletcher who was saying, you know, what we need to do today is give the referees a bit of a pass if they make any wrong decisions, which never would have happened personally. But <laughs> if they make any wrong decisions, um, it's been a while since they've been, since they've been playing. So just like the players, you have to give them a... A bit of a break, which I, I wonder if he was asking that there, because that never have I ever said, "Oh, do you know what? I'll go into this game and I'll be easy on the referee." But I think he had quite a good game. You know, you know what happened
2: there, don't you? There's a courier, courier arrived, all right, and there's a wee envelope. It was addressed to Darren Fletcher, and it said in the back of it, "If unopened, return to sender." P. Lovell, Celtic Park. <laughs> and so he opened up. He went. This. He went. That. He went. Uh, we've got to give the referees a bit of a break here in case anything goes wrong. Over to you, Ali.
1: Uh, he was told that there was going to be a penalty given, regardless uh, of what it was. He just uh, told it. We've all, we've all seen that one before, and all. <laughs> um, the next thing I've got written down is that Conor Goldson went down, and here, this is a type of football that we expected. Lewis Ferguson. It was a barge. It was a shoulder to. I think it was shoulder to shoulder, but it was very. Very much like that. Maybe it was, yeah, way. it's after Goldsmith played the ball as well. I mean, there's, yeah.
2: there's absolutely no need for it. You know what I mean? And people, I mean, I know he's, I know he's, uh, Fergie, uh, Fergie's boy. Oh, but oh, we should get him to Rangers. You know, be a good Rangers lad and stuff like that. It doesn't make me make any difference. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's it's just if that, it doesn't matter if he's a Rangers lad. It doesn't matter if he played for Rangers. I hate that sort of shit. There's no need for that. It's need for it's cheating and and it's and it's unsportsmanship. It really is. It's I hate it. It's like diving. It doesn't matter if it's the opposition. It doesn't matter if it's a Rangers player. It doesn't matter if it's a Scotland player. I hate it. I abhor cheating and I hate that sort of stuff. And it, I think it's dirty, dirty, dirty. And. and no, it doesn't sit well with me at all.
1: It's a shame to see. You'd think that in the, I think it was about in the 89th, 90th minute, and you'd think that if he really wanted to win the game that much, you know, he'd just play a bit better rather than just taking his frustration out on goal Exactly, um, yeah. The next thing, <laughs> almost, it was very almost a second goal for us. But to be fair to, I think it was Ash Taylor who yeah. nearly made a goal line clearance, to be fair. It was a, it was a good clearance. It was... um Aribo. I mean, I've I've disappeared. Where have you gone? I'll cut this out. You're still there. No, what happened there? Um, it was a yeah, it was a goal line clearance by Ash Taylor. Aribel almost got it over the line. I thought I thought for a second that I could breathe and that we'd have done <laughs> it because those last maybe five minutes before the ninety were just horrendous. And then, of course, I heard that there was going to be six minutes added on, and <laughs> yeah, had a bit of a. Breath there.
2: I, I was sitting going, where the hell does the six minutes come from? Then I remembered, you know, that Balogun got injured and was like he was down a long time in the goals.
1: Oh, that's one so, thing we have missed. That's, that was what on earth was happening in there? It no, I don't know. Ten players involved from either side. Balogun spinning round in the box and gave himself a good dunting on the post and I thought, Do you know what? He's played absolutely brilliant. He stayed down for quite a long time. I was a bit nervous there. I saw yeah. him warming up. I thought that's just going to be our luck, isn't it? Did you hear, um, uh, McGregor's reaction to all that?
2: Was uh, that was, 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 was that was that, was that played? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if I came across the sky with a fake crowd. Noise, but <laughs> it certainly didn't our TV. It was booming. <laughs> I, I, we chuckled to myself. Go on, shagger.
1: I just wonder that why he there's a game that I went to last season. And I can't remember who. I I think it might have been Killy at home, nil nil, and. He was in the box, and someone was fouled in the halfway line, and he fucking bolted to the halfway line, and he's shouting in the referee's face. And I'm thinking, how on earth can you see that from what? He's just mad, isn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think frustration gets a better on sometimes, but yeah. uh, but he was protecting his player at that point because they were well, they were trying to claim a goal, and it was it was a good yard out. But I must say, but uh, for as much as he's um, trying to protect his player. Uh, in that position, and try to remonstrate with the referee to say, "Look, this is not right." He was he was pushed against the post, or whatever. However, he saw it. The fact of the matter is, just to sort of go back to why that actually happened, is because he did not command the six yard box on yeah. that corner. It's his one. It's his one failing. He's an amazing shot stopper. I mean, he'd be a great captain, etc., etc. You can. All the plaudits he gets, he thoroughly deserves. His one weakness, his one weakness, he will not come off his line in those situations. And the ball was three yards out,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, he's, and he still didn't jump to even take the punch. You just watched it go over. You I can't
1: do that. Just in the in the the group chat on WhatsApp at the same time. You know, it's like, ah, oh, what's McGregor doing there? It's just yeah, it's never, really it's, poor. Never been that player, but no, yeah. kind of gotten used to that. The one thing I did notice was that Barisic seemed to be quite annoyed towards the end of the game with the forward movement of our players. They were just not not going in behind in the last few minutes. That they'd, they'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't ever say that they'd given up, obviously, but you know I did notice that Barisic got a bit annoyed with the likes of Kent and even Aribo.
2: Yeah, they didn't seem to come to uh, so I'd try and try and create space or to give him an outlet. Um, and unfortunately, if you don't do that, you put him under pressure. I mean, that, that, that's essentially what's happened here. They're sort of, uh, kind of, jipped their duties as such and they're leaving him with the ball and if anything goes wrong, it looks bad on him. So, that's why he was getting a bit angry and frustrated.
1: Um, so, oh, I've written down it there's a tiny penalty with on Morales, but I'm not even going to go on to that. It was, it was yeah. absolutely nothing. Um, we put out a poll today about who the man of the match was it's it's not close to be honest. Balogun seventy percent. I I wasn't sure there wasn't that many standouts for me today. I I thought that the forwards were the least. I I didn't put a forward in there. I think Hadji maybe didn't have the best game. Morales was maybe did himself justice, especially with his link-up play. And Kent, you know, he was he was. All right. So, sorry, I did put Kent in there. He got 26%. Ryan Jack was in there for me. He got 3%. Barisic, 1%, which I thought was quite harsh. I thought Barisic was quite good. And Balogun, 70%. I completely agree with that, to be honest. I think Balogun was my man in the match. What do you think?
2: I, I agree with that. Balogun was mine as well. I'd have put, I think Mowellis um, uh, is uh, his, his link-up play. hit I say coming deep. and uh, He didn't score. But as I, as I touched on earlier, it was all about his interlinking play and, and leaving space behind. Uh, it was a very intelligent play from today. And I thought not only that, I thought he also conducted himself on the park uh, in the face of provocation, especially at the end when Johnny Hayes, a flag kick out at him with, mm-hmm. clenched, with clenched fists in, in, in stoppage time. He just sort of walked away. And I mean, just like, So uh, I thought he, he performed really well. Yeah, Kent he took his goal really well. Uh, it can have effects it going forward in many respects. I th- don't think there was many others. Joe Nebo had a couple of flashes. Genius. Um, mm. um, I expect that from him. But once again, it was,
1: he For not putting him in there. Um, I could, Kent, I think. You, you can you only put four in and then say, Barisic's
2: done really well the first half, but just not maybe not the second. But I don't think many of the players at all get past Marks in the second half. I'm being totally honest,
1: with you. One thing I was quite happy with today, and I hadn't written that down, I've just remembered when you said about Johnny Hayes, is that the little scuffle that, that we had at the corner flag with Joe Arribo, he was trying, obviously, just run down the clock. Um, and it kind of boiled over a little bit, else was involved. But he didn't give them anything, and that's what I liked, because on another mm-hmm. day, obviously, if we were drawing or losing, you know, he would have lost his head, but Tavernier was straight over there. You got him out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I think... That's the kind of thing that they would have loved if they couldn't take a, a point out of it or three points out of it they could have taken that. They'd wound up him but they, they just didn't come near him either no. on the pitch today or mentally. Here's a we th- start for you. It's the first time in many, 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 many
2: seasons we've come away from Patojie without even a single booking.
1: Is that right? That's good. I'm not really surprised by that actually. That's... I
2: thought our discipline was outstanding and especially I yeah. say hats off and kudos to Morellas for keeping the heat yeah. uh under under some provocation. I mean there, there wasn't it wasn't a particularly needly match and maybe that's because yeah. the crowd the crowd wasn't there, uh sort of egging that on. So that's where it's I think that the, the matches over the, the season, uh until we get uh, crowds back in the stadium. If we get them back in the stadium, uh, it's gonna be slightly different. Um because there's not that edge and that needle, um, but we'll need to wait and see. But I thought uh, I thought the players um, overall um,
1: discipline wise were excellent. What did you think of the the difference in atmosphere today? Obviously, Tadri being a library as it is, you know, we didn't expect there to be too much of a difference apart from the Rangers fans making the noise. But do you think that that would have helped the, the Rangers players a lot today? Or?
2: Um, I don't really know. I think it. Um, I think, if be honest, if they'd been Aberdeen fans, it would have helped Aberdeen push them at the end because they were getting on top of us, you know, mm-hmm. and they would, have, they would have driven them forward a bit more uh, and made, made us a little bit more edgy. It's, it's difficult to tell, I mean, because we've been so inconsistent over the last few years, you know, which we, we'll win matches we don't expect to win, we'll get beaten matches we expect to win comfortably. I mean, look at, for example, Hamilton last year at Ibrox, you know, what I mean, it's going to that full of confidence after Christmas, you know, joint top of the league, and you know, all of a sudden, everything collapses, and mainly at home, and you're like, what the fuck is going on?
1: That's and why, so- to some extent, I was quite happy with the result today, because if we went in there and beaten 3-0 or 4-0, we would have said, right, we're brilliant, hmm. but I don't think that would have told us as much as the win did today, because hmm. because of the difference. Do you know, we we know that we can beat Aberdeen. We, can, we know that we can actually batter them 3-0, but the difference today is that we we could have lost that match. We could have drawn that match. And those matches that that we just need to hang on to, we've we've maybe found that skill this season.
2: Yeah, um, as you say, uh, it's it's a it's a at the end of the day. Let's put it this way: at the end of the day, it's a win. It's three mm-hmm. points. It's a victory. Back down the road, um, look at any sort of niggles and knocks we've got, and we go uh, to Leverkusen on Thursday, if we'd have won that match, let me say 3-4-0, I think in papering over the the inadequacies mm-hmm. that still remain within the squad, and there are inadequacies within the squad, we still have a, a, maybe a slight mental problem, a, a mental block, um, maybe to try to pass the ball through too much. Um, I, I, we do have some inadequacies, but not only as bad as they've been in the last few seasons, Um, but we did see the match out so maybe mental strength is getting better Uh, discipline is certainly getting better Um, at least we're not not burying teams and putting them to bed but it was an ugly win Mm -hmm. and and it's not very often over the last few seasons we've won ugly Mm
1: -hmm. Just to kind of wrap up we're looking forward to the Leverkusen game on Thursday we could have gone at this totally different Kai Havertz, who's probably their star player, has been linked with Chelsea a lot recently. It doesn't seem like it's going to get over the line by Thursday, which is a, a huge shame because if they didn't, whether or not we've got a chance, I don't know, but we would have had a much bigger chance if a player like that wasn't playing. But on the flip side, we could have gone into this game, even in the Aberdeen game, without one of our star players as well, and Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I said on the podcast the other day that Kai Havertz is going to be off to Chelsea. Therefore, that's a huge loss for them. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, their season's now ended. They've been off for now, what, three, four weeks. And yeah. so they'll have to get back to training and stuff like that. And where we're playing, especially in European football, suits us. Uh, we, could, we could win us handsomely. We, we could we could go through We could go through yeah. I still believe we could go through but. I think it's a very, very tall order. I'm a, I'm I'm an optimist. Always have been. Uh, that's that's half full, even though it's not. Um <laughs> it's that's half full as far as I'm concerned. So let's just go and see what happens on Thursday. I shall be sitting here very happily with a beer, watching it chewing on my team.
1: We've done well to to be in Europe for over a year. I don't know how many how many other Scottish sides you can say have have managed that feat. And uh Hamara is always a player for me who's Who's highlighted in Europe because he's he said to be suited more to European football. Um mm. But another player from you like that is Barker. I think he really relishes the opportunity to play against European opposition, and that's part of the reason why he's played so well in pre-season.
2: Yeah, I think it's because because European teams attack you and leave space in behind, and that's where his pace and power comes in. And that's why that's why we played uh, Portugal at the at uh, the Zagan Stadium. Um, Portugal? Did I say Portugal? Porto. At the,
1: Porto. No,
2: <laughs> Porto, at, Porto in Portugal at the Dragon Stadium um, in the Europa League. He started, and I was really surprised with that, but he ran his socks off and he was very effective. He completely was in their faces and nullified any attack they had down the left because he played on the right-hand side. And, uh, you know, and he was getting in behind and offering all sorts. So, yeah, I think you're right. He does offer something different, and I think he will possibly get a run out on Thursday. Maybe not if I don't think he'll start. In fact,
1: I know he won't, but he'll certainly get maybe at least fifteen or twenty minutes. I would like to think so. Um I think I think we've have we exhausted Oliver. I think we I think we have adequately covered today's uh little match. Yes. This game. So we're we're both in agreement that we're happy with the result. One nil, it's it's a it's a win. And we've we've got the three points, which is the most important thing. We're we're looking forward to obviously the Leverkusen game and then back at Ibrox on uh, I think it's the the ninth against Saint Mirren yes. that's a, another a totally different game but it's, it's domestic football and we go again absolutely yeah thanks very much Paul keep us no, Th-
2: thanks for having me on and uh, yeah i will catch you all next time I'll catch you later thank you bye